Bible somewhere. Let's go to Exodus chapter 17. And verse 8. I want to talk about Amalek. Because Amalek is in the, in the Middle East today. Known as ISIS and uh, Hezbollah. Same people. Same people. Same plan, same purpose. So you want to know about history and you want to know about the future? It's all in the book. Problems will never defeat you. It's what you believe about them that causes your trouble. And again, you get two voices speaking to you. Two voices. One is encouraging and the other is discouraging. Again, we preached a long time ago, a message on ants, automatic negative thoughts. Automatically, you'll head to the negative side of life. God says, your new blood type is B positive. Now again, Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. I will never leave you. I will never is a long time. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. Believe that. It's God speaking to you. He said, I will never leave you. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. Here you don't know how long it's been. How long it's been has got nothing to do with anything. You know, what do you believe? And how long is your belief? Are you going somewhere? (laughs) You only have a certain amount of time to believe God. (laughs) I will never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you. So that you can say something boldly, not timidly, boldly. God is on my side. I'm not going to live in fear anymore. Fear is gone for me. Anyway, let's go to chapter 17. In verse... um, and you got to know this too that negative talk will never produce anything positive in your life keep your words speaking positively you never know what's going on now let me tell you about what's going on now please don't tell me what's going on now boldly say God is on my side I'm not fear. fear. See, you can either learn it by instruction or learn it by consequence. Trust me today. Listen to what I'm telling you today. Today I'm not preaching Gary Hooper's gospel. This is God speaking to you, whether you want to shut it out or turn it on. It's him. Okay, you ready? Verse 8. Then came Amalek. Now, he's in the Middle East today, known as ISIS. Same guy, same bunch, ISIS and uh, Hezbollah. Then came Amalek when they fought Israel in Rephidim. Rephidim is interesting, too, because it means a place of refreshing. So you go there, you're ready to relax, you're on vacation, and all of a sudden a storm hits. Moses said, on, Moses said unto Joshua, choose out men and go fight Amalek tomorrow, and I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, listen to this too, and it came to pass 
when Moses held up his hands, that Israel prevailed. Come on, praise and worship. Come on. Uh, No, no. Get into it, man. Get into it. Get in, get out, or get run over. Okay. When they held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. And we'll show you all about that later. And Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moshe, unto Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar there and called it Jehovah Nisi, because the Lord had sworn that he would fight. Now look at this, verse 16. The Lord swore that he would fight from fight Amalek from generation to generation. So, so it never ended for Israel, and it's not ending for you either. You'll fight Amalek from generation to generation. When you take his name, Amalek, it's the numerical value of 240. And it means uh, doubt and unbelief. And so we say it to you, is you're going to fight doubt and unbelief for the rest of your life. And just like they're fighting it in Israel right now in the natural, you're fighting it in the spirit realm forever. Samuel, 1 Samuel 15. Verse 5, And Saul came to the city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go and depart, get you down to the Amalekites, same bunch of people, and I will destroy them for you. For you showed kindness to the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. And the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalek, again, the Amalekites, from Havilah down to Egypt. And he took Agag. This is good to remember this name because it's going to show up again and again. He took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, but he destroyed all the people with the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, and the lambs and all that was good, and he would not destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, he destroyed utterly. Then came the word, the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repents me that I have set up Saul as a king. Oh God, don't ever say that about me. For he turned back from following me, and he has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when he rose up early in the morning to, to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul has come from Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and he's gone out and passed on to Gilgal. Samuel came to Saul and said unto him, Blessed be thou, O Lord, of the Lord, I have performed the, the commandments of the Lord. Samuel said, What do you mean by the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? And Saul said, I have brought from the Amalekites the peoples, but the people, he, he, this, this pastor liked to blame the congregation. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the people that you gave me, God. Yeah. 
the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord your God, and the rest they have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will be with you, and I'll tell you what the Lord has said to me tonight. Samuel said, When you were little in your own sight, oh, thank you, Jesus. It's a good place to be little in your own sight. You were made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed you to be the king over Israel. And the Lord sent you on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites and fight against them until they are consumed. Wherefore did you not obey the voice of the Lord your God? But, and again, remember that Amalek represents doubt in your life. Don't forget the word doubt. Wherefore they did not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly on the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yeah, I obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way the Lord sent me, and brought back Agag, the king of the, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed all the Amalekites. But the people took the spoil, and the sheep and the oxen, and the chief things that should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord your God at Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying, look at this, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Verse 23. Look, this, this is serious. For rebellion is the same as witchcraft. And stubbornness is the iniquity of idolatry. Because you rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned and transgressed against the commandment of the Lord, but I, because I feared the people. And, obey, and this is another thing. If you ever called into fivefold ministry, you got to erase this from your life, fear of people. Because lots of times when you're preaching, you might get looks from a congregation if you're looking around. <laughs> I never look anymore in school. <laughs> Verse 28, Samuel said, The Lord has rent the kingdom of, from Israel from you this day and has given it to a neighbor of yours that's better than you. And also the strength of Israel, you will not lie or repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned. Honor me now, I pray. Too late. Then Samuel, verse 32, Then said Samuel, Bring unto me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. Agag came unto him delicately. <laughs> and he said, no, oh, yeah, maybe, the, maybe this, surely the bitterness of death is past. Samuel said, as thy sword has made women childless. Come on, read, read about, read ISIS right now. What they did to all the kids. This thing has been going on from, gen he said, you'll fight Amalek from generation to generation to generation. Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord at Gilgal, chopped him up good. <laughs> Where can we look at him one more time? Um, uh, Esther, the book of Esther. Actually, you can find him again. I should have read further in, da in Samuel as well. When, when David came and, and uh, went to the high priest's house, and he said, all I've got here is Goliath's sword. 
and there was an Agagite there that killed all the priests after he left. And, and David said, I knew it. I brought death into that place. So again, it just happens over and over and over again. But remember that the spiritual side of that is doubt. Doubt, doubt, doubt. Don't doubt the Lord. Doubt your circumstances before you ever doubt the Lord. Yeah. Facts change. The truth never changes. Anyway, in chapter, Esther, chapter 3 and verse 1. After these things did Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamathada, the Agagite. Look, look, again. And what was his mission? What was his mission once he got chosen? He said, I want to kill all the Jews. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a gallows and I'm going to kill all the Jews and, and I'm going to hang, I'm going to hang the leader right up on top of the of 90. How, how tall was that? Gallows, 90 feet tall or something. It was a big place. Anyway, he was going to kill Mordecai. And, um, but we're not going to read through all that. Now we'll just let that go. Because you know the story, right? You know how he decided he was going to wipe out all the Jews, starting with Mordecai, and execute him on a huge gallows. And he ended up and on the same gallows himself and his ten sons. And, and, and when I taught this before, I taught about uh, 1946 and the Second World War was over and they were having the Nuremberg trials. And in the Nuremberg trials, ten sons of Hitler came and were put on trial. And the last one that they executed yelled out of his own mouth, Purim, 1946 he recognized that the judgment that came on him was from the judgment that we're read about in, in this book of Esther right now. Because it keeps repeating itself. It will again. Yeah. Haman, the son of... A, he was an Agagite. Come on. <laughs> Stay away from the Agagites, you guys. <laughs> I think... Um, I think we'd like to finish this off. It's community today, right? Yeah. I remember to see. Second time in my life. Been pastor for 32 years. Remembered communion twice. So now I can forget about it for the rest of my life, right? Let's go to Mark eleven twenty three. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, this circumstance that's been there forever haunting you, a mountain is something that's been torturing you for a long time. Everybody say, long time. Long. <laughs> this mountain is visible in my life. It's been there a long time. Been dealing with it for years. This mountain, be thou removed mm -hmm. yeah. and cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart. Doubt in your heart. That's what stops the whole process. 
Don't doubt it in your heart. But believe the things that you say. Come on, believe the things that you say will come to pass. If you really believe the things that you say will come to pass, you're very careful what you're saying. You're not saying what you see, you're seeing what you say. Don't say what you see, see what you say. Well, that's it. The Word of God. You see what you... You're going to correct me? Oh. Stop the bus. <laughs> not differ in his heart. Not doubt in his heart. Not allow that doubt in. But believe the things that he says will come to pass. That man will have... Whatsoever he says. Therefore, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. I've been believing for two weeks now. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, try six years. There's no time frame in it. There's no time. There's no time in God. Don't see what you say. Say what you see. No. Don't say what you see. See what you say. <laughs> can you see it? Because if you can see it, you can seize it. But again, rem remind yourself, I don't think right. I, get, I, I only have two sources for my thoughts. God or the devil. I don't have any... I've never had an original thought in my life, and I'm not ever going to have one. So when the thoughts come, where did they come from? The hand behold, the nail behold. Behold, the, you know, the, the sad thing about that song to me was that was I had the hammer in my hand. I'm the one that drove the nail. Please the Lord to bruise him to get to me. But when you see the nail in your hand, it changes the way that you live for him. You realize that everything that he did, everything that he is, everything that he has, everything he can do, he did it all for me. For me. How could I ever hold back anything? A 10% tithe? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I believe, God, you're going to split the sky and take me to heaven, but I can't trust you for my paycheck, for the next rent payment? Seriously? Seriously? No, but I mean, I'm amazed because I've been pastoring for 32 years, like I said, and, and it's been my, my um, from, from what I've seen, not in this church, but in the church in general, about 10 or 11% of the people tithe. Well, that means... That means 90% of the people don't believe God at all. Don't trust him for nothing. Saying, oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. No, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. How about, I love you, Lord. Amen. Everything that I have belongs to you. I don't, see, I'm, I don't own anything. I'm a steward of what God gives me. Am I a good steward? Or a lousy steward? Where am I going with all this? <laughs> lighten up, Gary. Lighten up. 
not trying to give any. Just trying to, it's like sometimes you just feel like yelling, wake up. You don't have any thoughts of your own. So your thoughts are either coming from God or the devil. If it's God is saying, if it's, I love a cheerful giver. It's the devil saying, you, you're not going to have enough money to get to the end of the month. There's no third voice. I didn't think it up myself. You don't think those things up yourself. You think you do, you don't. Say what? No, please. <laughs> the devil is a deceiver. A deceiver when he th when he makes me think that I'm thinking things up for myself. I can't think anything up for myself. I take no thoughts saying. I receive thoughts. And then if I verbalize them, they become active. If I don't verbalize them, they stay dormant. That's why he said in Matthew chapter 6, take no thought, saying, don't speak the thought. If the thoughts come, but don't say, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to put on? And then he goes on and says, don't you know that I clothe the lilies of the field? Don't you know that the birds aren't pacing back and forth wondering if they're going to make it to the end of the month? I've never seen birds on strike yet. Looking for higher wages. They get up in the morning and they sing because they know God's going to provide. They No, they get praise and worship having it. Then they get up and say, oh God, well, how am I going to get through this day? What am I going to do with this month? Where am I going to sleep? What am I going to do? They just get up and... Little tiny bird as big as your thumb out there in the cold weather this morning, singing, saying, you crazy? <laughs> Not even cold. Tell me how God can heat up something the size of your thumb with a few feathers and he can't take care of you. That's what he was saying. Consider the birds, man. Look at them. I take care of them. Aren't you more valuable than them? Uh-huh. I gotta make sure I leave on a happy, sweet note. <laughs> I know Pastor Paul's coming for communion. That's a sweet note. How about this? John 8, 31 and 32. If you continue in my word, yes. you will be my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth. And the truth will get you out of the bondage you're in. When you continue in the Word and do what the Word says, it'll get you out of all the messes that you get yourself into. In Jesus' name. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.